This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, and it's Voice of Change time here on Radio K Pulpit. Welcome to today's show. I'm super, super excited to be with you and also to be with my amazing guests who have some huge inspiration to be sharing with us today. This is a little bit of a Heritage Day show because I know that everyone is excited to be having their public holiday this weekend, but we also know that it's Heritage Day or Family Day or Bride Day. If you prefer whatever you are doing, I hope that you're going to be having such a beautiful 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 weekend that is going to be blessed and I know you know my mom loves getting together for Heritage Day always organizes a huge family gathering and this year I know it's going to look a bit different going to look a bit different for us maybe look a bit different for you but I do pray that you know God is really going to be with you and be just blessing you over this weekend I know it's going to be a good one I am so excited to be welcoming onto the show our current Miss South Africa, Shudu Havso Musida. And you know, Shudu is an incredible human being who is so passionate about not only children's mental health, but, you know, destigmatizing mental health, about having powerful conversations and about creating awareness around mental health, and particularly when it comes to children's education as well. And she is going to be joining me to talk about her recently released children's book called Shudu Finds Her Magic. And it's an illustrated picture book documenting her journey through bullying, through mental health, and through overcoming, going through it. And we're going to get into that today. We're going to get into so much with Shudu while we have her on the show on Voice of Change because she has so much to share with so much passion. And then later on the show, I'm welcoming the incredible Verity Price, who is our current world champion for Toastmasters, world champion of public speaking. Now, Verity is actually someone that I did a TED talk with back in 2018 so it's been incredible to really just watch her journey she was such a powerful speaker even then you know three years ago so her winning world championships for public speaking didn't come as a surprise to those who knew her but really her hard work and all the effort that she has put into being in this position is just truly inspiring and I'm going to be joined by Verity and we're going to be talking about what it has meant to her to be a South African who has won the world championships for public speaking and to be the first on the African continent in almost a hundred years of this public speaking competition Verity is the very first winner from Africa, the very first South African as well. And that is a very, very powerful reality. She has a powerful message to share with us about what it means to, you know, represent our nation, represent our country, and what we should be thinking about this Heritage Day as we are just reflecting on, you know, who we are and our families as well. And, you know, just this year and the things we've been through, Verity has so much inspiration to share with us. So we're going to have a great show. I'm joined by two powerhouse woman who have just achieved so much in their life and have overcome obstacles and struggles to be where they are today. So their messages are messages that come from having walked a journey deeply with themselves and with, you know, faith and with hope and with love. So enjoy the show with me today. We're going to be sharing hope, faith and love on the show as we go into Heritage Day. So stick around, enjoy some music and Shudu is with me after this.
Joining me today, I have the incredible Miss South Africa, Shudu Havso Musida. And Shudu, it is so good to have you with me today talking about your incredible book, Illustrated Picture Book for Children, documenting your journey. And we're going to talk a bit about your journey today. But firstly, welcome and thank you so much for being with us today on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I've really been following your incredible tour out here in Cape Town of all the different places that you've been visiting, schools and, you know, just interacting with children. And children and mental health is so close to your heart. And how did this really begin for you? I know you document a bit of your journey, you know, through bullying as well in your book. But how did this, how did this journey to really want to reach children and, and your passion for mental health and children's education, how did this come about? Was it directly linked to what you experienced, you know, when you were young? I think it was, a bit, it was that, yes, um, my experience when I was uh, young, but also um, I had a conversation with a psychologist friend of mine and we are talking about mental health and how most of us will have, been, have been dealing with it from a very young age. But then we never had the right language to use. And then on Mindful Mondays, the talk that I do um, is targeted at adults and, and young adults. But mm-hmm. one of the conversations that we had was with um, another psychologist who said that the youngest client that he had was two years old. Mm-hmm. And then in another conversation, we spoke, they spoke about how the youngest uh, suicide, um, the youngest suicide that was uh, uh, the youngest person to die by suicide in this country was seven years old. And then you realize mm-hmm. how we need to stop excluding children from the um, from the from the conversations that we have about mental health and about so many um, about so many other social issues as well. Mm. So for me, I realized how education, in as much as we can educate adults um, about mental health, we need to destigmatize mental health from the ground up. Meaning, educating children from a young age about mental health so they can normalize these conversations and normalize mental health growing up and know that it's okay to seek help, but it's also okay to not be okay. I mean, mm. I was having conversations with children as young as six years old, and they were telling me how some days they don't wake up feeling okay, but what they do is just go hide in their room, you know? But mm. but those aren't good coping skills because if we let them know that if you're not feeling well, you can speak about it and and, 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 and just also get help from, from your mom or your dad or someone that you trust, um, then we're starting a whole new conversation and stigmatizing mental health from the ground up. Mm. Wow, this is such important work. I know for myself, I started having panic attacks from the age of five, but... Whenever my parents took me to a doctor or, you know, because that's where you went to in the 80s, you know, they'd never, ever diagnosed me with having a generalized anxiety disorder. It was only diagnosed uh-huh. when I was 18. So as a child, you are so lost. You are so completely lost. And that fear is just become so much more because you're dealing with things that you can't explain. Like you said, there's no language for this, you know. Yeah. And so uh, this, is, this is such important work. How do we begin this work? You know, is it for us as adults? or maybe just, you know, parents? Does it have to happen in our schools? Is it creating more conversations out there? I know I'm jumping into this because this is so important, but how do we begin to really help children when it comes to mental health? By also starting the conversations with them. Um, when we when we talk when we talk about taking a seat at the table, we exclude children from that table. So mm. um, it starts with with um, having conversations about mental health. Um, there was a young there was a young six year old as well who said her mother um, her mother does mindfulness you know she teaches her mindfulness mm. uh, meaning that sometimes when she's not feeling well they'll do breathing exercises and for me that was a great place to start so if if we can just teach children mindfulness from a young age in our schools in our communities in our homes. We start normalizing mental health from, in, from all different spheres as well. 
So I think I think that's the great that's the best place to start. But also integrating mental health education into the um, education system. Mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest thing because for for a lot of social issues that we know about today, we learn about it um, at school. So mental health education needs to be integrated into the into the education curriculum um, because especially now during COVID, the, the education curriculum cannot be the same pre-COVID and during COVID and after COVID. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that has happened. A lot of changes have had um, have, have occurred. And, and children have gone through a lot. They've encountered mental health um, struggles head on through, uh, because of the changes that, that, that have occurred. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with integrating mental health education into like education curriculum, but also normalizing the conversations in our homes and also teaching the mindfulness that um, if, if you're struggling with, uh, with your anger, for example, as a young, as a young child, mm-hmm. don't just go and punch a pillow. You speak about how, you, about how you're feeling. I mean, that was the conversation I was having with another seven-year-old. And he said that when he gets angry, he punches a pillow. That mm-hmm. means we have to teach them different coping um, mechanisms, healthier coping mechanisms, by starting the conversations and, and, and encouraging conversations in our homes, in our schools, and in, in our communities. Mm. Wow, this is absolutely so true and I absolutely love this and I can hear your passion for this as well. And I wanted to ask you, when we talk about mental health, something that a number of us have experienced and myself included, which is why I had anxiety, was bullying at school. You know, Mm -hmm. it's intense bullying at school and I actually had someone on the show, a parent on the show not so long ago, whose son actually did commit suicide because of the bullying that they experienced. And it's not always for the reasons we think. Well, that we understand, you know, we think maybe it's just a child that doesn't have friends or, you know, maybe it's just just that child, but it's not. There's so many reasons for it. And you share with us a little bit about your journey through bullying as well in your book, Should You Find Her Magic? Tell us a little bit about, you know, what you experience when it comes to bullying. I think this is something that listeners need to hear as well. Parents need to look out for signs, you know, and can be huge advocates and allies in this particular reality. Will you share a little bit with us about your journey through bullying when you were younger? Um, so I, I, I was bullied from age nine until 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a hard time for me because when I was growing up in the village, I was just this, um, I was this extroverted um, young girl um, and I loved um, to just interact with people. And I was just so out there, you know, like mm-hmm. I just, looked at life as the most beautiful thing ever. And then I moved into this space, into this new province where I was bullied and I became different. I started hiding myself. I started trying to, um, I, I started I started hiding myself to the point where you wouldn't know that I exist at mm. all. So I, 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 I became silent, basically. And, and when I became silent, that is something that I carried with me for the longest time, even when the bullying stopped. Because um, with bullying, even when the bullies stop bullying you, you end up bullying yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, without realizing because you're so used to that feeling, you're so used to feeling small and you, you, you perpetuate that in, in, in your own life. So that's when I decided to get help because I realized that I had a lot of anxiety. Um, there was a lot of things that I never dealt with and the, the bullying actually impacted me in such a huge way because mm-hmm. I went from being, an extra, uh, from being an extrovert to being an introvert. And that's mm-hmm. how I am now. And all of it is due to my childhood, you know, like during... Like during your formative years, all you know is hiding and hiding your face and not wanting the world to see you. Mm. So for the first time ever, like when I put myself out there was with Miss South Africa. I remember before I entered Miss South Africa, I said, what do I have to lose? But mm. at the same time, I was too scared to enter. So I entered, I think, two days before the, the entry closed mm. um, because I was too scared that what if I enter and I make a fool of myself and then they, 
other people bully me as well on the internet. I don't really think I can be able to handle that. Yeah. Um, and then I, the last thing I said to my little sister, because she was done taking the video, I was like, what do I have to lose? So even in the caption that I, 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 I put down for my entry, um, I'm sure if you if you go on the internet, you'll find it. But like in the caption, I said, I'm going to fail forward. Mm. So you expect failure because you always feel like you're never good enough for something. So I never said that I'm hoping for the best. I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to fail forward. And I was so glad that I put myself out there because it just changed everything for me. It was almost like I never felt like I was good enough for the longest time. And mm. now finally I tried something and then I realized that I've been good enough all along. And just I just needed someone to remind me. But in this case, I reminded myself. Mm. So the message for, um, the message that uh, She Do Five is a Magic tries to, to communicate as well is that you're enough. From a young age, you need to know that you're always enough. Um, and, and if someone is hurting you, speak up. Your voice matters because for the longest time, I was silent. I never felt like my voice mattered. Mm. So now I'm trying to let children know that, hey, if you're struggling and someone is hurting you, someone's bullying you, speak up. And it's not only about the person being bullied, it's about the bully as well. So if you're also struggling with something as a bully that you're projecting onto other people, speak up as well. Talk to someone. Yeah. Um, uh, we also need to just create safe spaces where we can start these conversations as well and normalize these conversations so children can know that their voices matter and they can speak up when they're being hurt. Mm. Well, I really just also honor you for your courage because I think that it took so much courage, like you said, to enter South Africa just two days before doing this video. And it is so true. Sometimes we hide or we think that our voices are small or that they don't matter. It, it, this is incredible for me as well because it's it's inspiring. It's inspiring for us to hear your journey because sometimes we just look at it and we go, okay, someone won Miss South Africa. That means they must have always been confident, must have always been used to being out there and also, you know, out there because people are also mean. And I'm sure that people say mean things and you know that there's going to be people that have different opinions. How has this year been for you? You know, I know it's been COVID and there's probably a lot of things that were supposed to happen that didn't happen. How has it been for you? personally do you feel like there's been so much growth in your life and actually when we look at it there are so many blessings that have come from this year for me this year has been it's been such a blessed and amazing year to the point where now as I hand over the crown to the next queen I'm okay with it because I think I've fulfilled my purpose Mm. Uh, the growth that has taken place throughout this year um, and the personal development as well where I was not only being of service to others, I was being of service to myself. It was such an important year for me. And um, we, yes, were faced with COVID, but it, it allowed us to use um, um, or to adapt in different ways and to use different um, ways of communication and practice agency or use our agency. I mean, I don't think Shudu Finds Her Magic or Mindful Mondays would have ha- or like happened if it wasn't for COVID because everything that we had to do um, was, 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 was informed by the times that we're living in. So mm. it's been a very interesting reign. And a lot of people ask me, um, do you think um, um, your reign, do you think you've been deprived in any way because of the reign and whatever else? I don't think so because this is all I was faced with and all mm. I, I, I got. And I'm, I never say this enough, but I'm proud of how I rose up to the challenge mm. um, and, and did myself proud, but not only myself proud, but my country proud as well. Mm. Um, yes, there were a few ch- challenges here and there, but um, it was nothing that we could never handle because we always rise above all the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, we are chosen for our seasons and you were um, a South Africa that's been chosen for this year. And that was ordained, you know, that was divine appointment. And so whatever needed to be, I don't believe that you missed out in anything, you know, it was supposed to be and everything that you've done and will continue to do is going to be incredible. And that's that's something that, you know, I just experience when I'm listening to you. And I really want to just really talk a little bit about your book, you know, Shudu Finds Her Magic. I've been seeing it all over in bookstores. And it's so, firstly, it's so beautifully illustrated and so wonderfully written. And it's just an incredible book. And it not only empowers children, but for copies that are sold, more donated. So tell us a bit about, you know, the heart behind the book, why you wanted to release it, and, you know, what the book is actually doing I know, like I said, books are being donated, books are being given out. What is your real heart and vision behind this book? What do you hope that it achieves? I think I hope that it achieves mostly everything that we've been speaking about, letting children know that they're enough, letting them know that their voices matter, um, and, and, and helping them uh, feel empowered in every single um, aspect for them to know about mental health from a young age. So growing up, they can be self-aware individuals. I think when 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 there's a lack of, of mental health education in our society, there's a lack, um, there's a low there's low levels of self-awareness that that that, that occur. Mm-hmm. So I want the opposite of that to happen and to be achieved through this book. It's a children's book, but then it's such an important book because we worked with child psychologists to make sure that it communicates the me- the message that we want to communicate. Yes, we're speaking about bullying, but we're addressing so many things that are occurring in our society now, not just for children, but for all of us. Mm. Um, so, so for the longest time, we've always, I mean, we never, no one lets us know that our voices matter, that we always need to speak up. Um, and also just also let other children know that if you see injustice at any point, also speak up because your voice matters. Um, but also to just let them know that they're never alone. I think that's the biggest thing about mental health as well. When you're struggling with your mental health or you've got a mental mental illness, you always feel like you're alone. It's just a you problem, but it never has to be a you problem. Um, there's a community of people that are willing to listen, um, safe spaces that are available for, 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 for you to, to, to go to and speak to. Uh, I mean, that's why we're donating uh, books to the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, because they have provided that safe space for so many South Africans, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and they, are, they are the safe space that, that most people are going through right now um, and, and are getting help from. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the, the 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 donation part is just paying it forward to organisations that have been protecting our children, such as the um, the, the the Child Line um, SA and and the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, but also just paying it forward in a way where um, we are educating as well. They have educated us. Now it's time for us to educate the children as well, so they can also pay it forward and bring about a new self-empowered self-aware generation. Mm. Amen. That is so powerful. I love that. I wanted to ask you about, you know, when you're writing this book, you know, and sharing what you were sharing, did you experience this as kind of a cathartic process or was there sometimes where you, you're busy writing and sharing your story, which is really deep because sharing our stories is, is beautiful and it's vulnerable and it's open and it's empowering for others. Did you feel that this was a cathartic process? Was it more, were there these triggering moments or beautiful memories that you remembered? Was it kind of a, a soulful thing for you to be able to put this pen on paper and say, this is the story that I'm sharing now? Uh, it, was, it was very therapeutic and very soulful for me. Um, I think most of the time, most of the time when I told the story, I was coming from a point where I'm, I'm a victim of bullying. I live with the, I live with, um, with 
some of the things I live with the trauma of being having been bullied, you know, mm. like I that's that's how I used to tell the story. But in this book I'm telling it from a point of victory. And for me that mm. was such a healing process, such a beautiful experience to say that, you know what? Um I remember those I once went to church and and then um one pastor said, When you've been through something, the keyword is through. That means it's done, it's finished, you already mm. passed it. And I was writing this as something that I've been through and now it's done. But I can I can help the next person who's going through something similar and, and, and just let them know that they're not alone. So it was such a beautiful thing for me, a beautiful healing process as well, just to see how far I've come from the person that I was when I was nine to the person that I am now that I'm 25. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with us. I was really wondering about that. And it's so, so powerful what you just shared, you know, being through it. It means you've got through it. And, you know, I was reflecting on something that you said earlier on, you know, about feeling that you fulfilled your purpose, fulfilled your purpose this year. And there will come a time, you know, where you have to hand over that crown. And I'm sure that you're well prepared for that. And I know that the word here is purpose. And also on the Miss South Africa page, you know, one of the quotes that they shared when they announced the top, you know, 10 and announced the the people that would be the finalists before crowning Miss South Africa, you know, one of the things that you shared was that powerful scripture that we hold on to and that is for I know the plans I have for you declares God you know plans to prosper you to give you a hope to give you a future you know Mm. purpose seems something that is so so meaningful to you in your life and 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 it comes through when we talk what is your sense that your purpose will be in the years to come there's probably a pretty big question probably one that you've probably reflected on quite a lot as well but is is having a deep purpose so super important for you what do you have the sense of that you're going to be doing after you know this year to be honest when it comes to that it's a question that i struggle to answer because my purpose is living a life of service that's 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 my purpose. Mm. Um, and, and in whatever space that I'm going to be in, I'm going to be of service. Um, I don't know what those spaces are because I never expected to become a South Africa. So I believe mm. that my steps are being guided. And again, the plans that God has for me are to prosper me. And every single day, they unfold in ways that I never expected. I mean, I plan one thing and then God plans another. Something that's bigger than what I expected because as human beings, we tend to to limit our dreams. We tend to, to, to dumb them down a bit. But then mm. when you allow God to just take over, um, you just live in the purpose that he has for you. And my purpose since I was eight has been to live a life of service. So in whatever space that I enter, um, in being in South Africa, I've been of service not only to myself, but to, to children and so many people who, who were too scared to start the conversation of mental health. Mm. Um, I, I, I worked to move the, the conversation from being a taboo subject to one that's openly discussed in public forums such as these. So... When it comes to my purpose, my purpose is living a life of service, and I'm very excited to see in what space that will be in. Mm. Um, I never limit myself or my dreams. I try to not do that anymore because um, I've, my my expectations have have just been exceeded. Um, so yeah. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I've, I kind of feel like I need to stand up and be like, preach, girl, preach that word to us. You know, <laughs> and you know what? I want to say, Shudu, thank you so much for being with me today because this has been an inspiring conversation for me. And it's just so powerful. And I want to say thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I honor that, you know, and I'm excited to see what your journey holds, you know, into the future and what we're going to hear from you, what we're going to hear about you. It's going to be so incredible and I truly believe that and in closing today as we are approaching you know Heritage Day 
over this week and over this weekend. It is a time where we know we're having a long weekend, so people are excited. But also, what message would you give to South Africans who are listening right now on this Heritage Day? You know, sometimes people get hopeless. They, they can kind of focus on a lot of negatives. What message would you give to Mazanzi today if you were to say, it's Heritage Day, this is what Shudu wants you to reflect on? I think I want I want us to reflect on where we come from. Um, the reason why the book comes in six languages is because we need to just acknowledge that there's beauty in diversity. So mm. um, I just want us to acknowledge where we come from, but also embrace the differences that we have instead of just looking towards famous for comfortability. Um, mm. So I think that's my message for us to to reflect on where we come from, but also embrace the differences that we have as as a nation, but as as as, as humanity as well. Mm, amen. Shudu, thank you so much for this time and I wish you all the best for the rest of your book tour, for the rest of your reign. Thank you for being an inspiration, but thank you also for being someone who has shown us what courage looks like, but also what it means to come into ourselves and to fully be who we were created to be and to do that with all passion and courage and to, you know, stand up and arrive and to really just show up to who we really are. So thank you so much and may God richly bless you. Thank you so much, R.E.T. Thank you for this beautiful conversation. Thank you, Shiri. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Verity, it's super, super cool to have you with me today on Voice of Change. And I, I know, you know, at the beginning of the show, I was telling everyone Verity Price has won, you know, the world champs for public speaking and Toastmasters. I know that you were with Leomi, you know, a couple of weeks ago as well here in the studio. And it's just so awesome to have you with me today. And firstly, before I get super excited and start asking you all these incredible things, welcome to the show. Thank you. So lovely to be here. Verity, I'm I'm sure that you still are you still on a bit of a you know high. How have your weeks been after your win? I am definitely still on a high, Lauren. Um, I think I'm shell shocked actually, to be mm. honest. When you when you win a really big competition that you've worked really hard at, and suddenly you go, oh, I'm actually the winner. <laughs> I'm still adjusting. <laughs> It's incredible, you know, because I kind of think like, you know, we watch sport on TV and you see people winning world championships. It's a huge moment. This is a big deal. It is. And you know what? It's it's a big deal for Africa. This competition yeah. in Toastmasters has been going for 80 years mm. and we've just never, we've never taken the top spot and to suddenly be the first person to take the, the top spot and mm. the sixth woman in history is amazing. It brings a lot of responsibility because now I've got to make sure I empower other speakers to do the same, but it's a really big moment for us all. Sure. I, I, you know, I had goosebumps when you were saying that, you know, because obviously as well, you know, being that woman and representing, you know, what it means to be a woman and showing up in such a powerful responsibility is, is very close to my heart. And I love that you shared that as well. And I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, you, we hear at Heritage Day and it's it's just this beautiful thing that we reflect on. And you alluded to it right now, being the first South African, but also being the first on the African continent to win. What has that meant to you? You know, have you felt something so unique and special being the first South African? Again, it probably has a responsibility and, and a reflection on it. But what have you experienced by knowing you are the first? This is history. History was just written and, and it had your name on it. Sure. <laughs> that, that's even a bigger responsibility. <laughs> you know what? It feels, it feels, it was time. It was time for Africa. And mm. throughout this whole year, 
when I won at the Southern African level, I got so many messages from across the 12 countries that are part of Southern African Toastmasters messaging me saying, we think you're the person. We think you're going to bring it back for us. Mm. It's time for Africa. Do this for us. So I carried those wishes with me for Mm. three months and I worked tirelessly because I also felt it is time for Africa. And that was the song that we, my Mm. sister kept playing on the day of the final. She kept blasting waka waka (laughs) and it was like it was so lovely and then I went to get my hair blow dried at a little uh, hairdresser down the road from me and as I left waka waka came on and I thought maybe it's a sign and then my uber driver's name was god knows and I thought well is that another sign (laughs) (laughs) I don't know but I just I chose to lean into all the signs of Mm. going I think this is the time and I feel very grateful that I get to be that person But all I've done is break the four-minute mile. I think winning is often a psychological barrier, and it just takes the first person to win for other people to realize they can too. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful what you just shared as well. We talk a lot about, you know, we see it in different realities where the psychological and the mental barriers are the things that actually holds people back from winning. They have the potential, they have the skill, they have the talent, they have everything, they are so ready. But it's that overcoming in your mind. Did you feel like that was something that was a big thing for you as well? Definitely. In fact, the last time I had entered this competition was six years ago, and I didn't enter every year because I, I didn't think I had what it took to, to win this contest at the highest level. Mm. And then I was too lazy to go, oh, well, am I just going to enter, you know, maybe for the early levels of a competition? So mm. not, not a great attitude to have because <laughs> you should enter everything and, you know, go for it. Yeah. But I didn't think this was a competition I could win. And then something shifted and I I had a sense towards the end of last year, I had the speech that I was working on about my mum that ultimately became the speech that won me the semi-finals and got Mm. me into the world finals. And the speech said to me almost, if if speeches could talk, it said, Verity, I think the world wants to hear this message. And and that gave me the courage to start. I kind of feel like there's such a powerful theme that's running through today's show because just I interviewed just before you, I'm a South Africa Shudu, and she was saying that, you know, she had always, she ne- she never wanted to, you know, she didn't know she was going to win Miss South Africa. She didn't even know what yeah. she was doing. And she said that she entered just two days before the time and made this video, you know, and had always played small in her life. She was bullied and so played small and didn't think her voice mattered and didn't have that, that confidence and just thought, well, I have nothing to lose, you know. And this yeah. seems to kind of be, you know, you sharing it with us as well, but from a different perspective. And isn't that how we are as human beings? We don't really believe in who we created to be. We don't really believe mm. in who we actually are and what we actually bring to this world. And yet when we do and have that courage, things change. Absolutely. It's it's so true. And it's the only reason I stand now with this title is because probably properly for the first time in my life, I 100% backed my commitment and my belief that maybe I could win. I mean, you never know. It's never a certain. But I had this strong calling that it was time for Africa and that I had the speech that could get me to the finals. I still had to write a speech that would win the finals, Mm. but I had to trust that Mm. would come. But I've never backed myself the way I did this year. Any opportunity to speak, any chance to get coaching, anything to improve my skills, I just said yes. And I, I risked failing Um, but wanted to know I'd given it my all, and that was a life-changing experience for me. 
Mm. And that's big, like you shared as well, you know, putting yourself out there, getting coaching and that that must have been quite a big thing as well. You know, you are getting coaching and having people give you comments on your speech even before you're going to make it, you know, at, at those semifinals or at the Worlds. It's like people are looking and then you go, okay, I'm going to practice and here's my speech. And, you know, people are giving you advice. But sometimes that's a bit difficult to take because it does feel a little bit like criticism. And, yeah. and that must have been quite courageous to do that. It was very confronting and there were many times I wanted to give up because not everyone gives advice in the kindest way. So they're mm. often coming from good intentions, but it's hard to hear. And it was very confronting and I had to keep reminding myself that the message in my speeches was bigger than me and bigger than my sensitive ego. And then I would listen to the advice and I would see, you know, is this someone's opinion or is this advice I can use? And it really pushed me to, to grow as a speaker but I had to be committed to the journey to be able to put up with the challenges. Mm, wow. That's also encouraging for us, for all the listeners, you know, and kind of a challenge that we can give out today as well to people is to say, you know what, sometimes we do, you know, we have to take encouragement from others. We have to take a little bit of their reflections. Sometimes we want them to say it nicely, but, you know, kind of mentorship and people helping us, people who have taken the journey before us. It's good to learn from people. It's good to be inspired by them and to really you know, be there and let them coach us and help us. And it is a challenge for many people, I know, but it's good for our growth in so many areas. And Verity, I also wanted to ask you, you know, we're reflecting on Heritage Day today and just thinking about going into this weekend and thinking of heritage and what this really means and, and you know, kind of a connection with heritage is also legacy and the things we leave behind. What kind of unique message from Verity Price would you give to South Africans listening today when we reflect on heritage and when we reflect not just on this day, but what that really means to us and what you've learned through your journey, I'm sure as well. What is the message that you would leave with us today as we reflect on heritage? Well, it's very simple, Lauren, and, and amazingly, it comes from the two speeches that got me to this title of World Champion of Public Speaking. My first speech was about my mom and the legacy she left in a very gentle way in this life by in, instilling a message in me and everyone who knew her that you should always leave the world better than you find it. And that is a, an ability that every single one of us has. In our day-to-day -day lives, we always have the opportunity to leave anywhere we are a little better than we find it. And if we yeah. do that, we are ensuring a positive heritage for the ones who walk behind us. Mm -hmm. And building on that, my final speech was about my dad and how many things I learned from him. And that sometimes our lives don't look the way we want them to look. And life is difficult and life is hard and it's challenging but you always have the choice to write a different story about your circumstances. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can change the way you talk about them. So if we go through life leaving things better than we find them and writing new, different and empowering stories about what's happening around us, I believe that is how mm. we build a positive heritage. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Verity, because that is just so, so powerful and something that we can take with us. And in closing, I can't believe our time has suddenly come to an end and I have to let you go. <laughs> but you know what? I wanted to know, you know, now that you're a world champ, what is your responsibility? Do you have things that you now need to fulfill, things that you need to do? Do you begin to prep for next year? <laughs> Are you just enjoying the moment? How does this look? 
So luckily, once you are the world champion of public speaking, you don't have to, well, you're not allowed to compete again. So it's oh. a bit like Miss South Africa, you know, once you've won, you, that's it. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But my responsibility is to give back, to empower other speakers, to find their voices and to shine brightly in, in the coming years in the contest. So there's a lot of speaking and workshops around the world on presentation skills and helping people to find their voice. And really excited to to do that alongside all my actual work as a keynote speaker and going into businesses and inspiring mm. their staff. So I've got my hands full. <laughs> <laughs> But Verity, it's it's been so so awesome to speak to you today, and I'm sure that you know what you, you're probably more than equipped to be able to do this. But I know that you have a young little boy as well, you know, and being a mom is is also a full time job with all the beautiful yeah. things that you're doing. And you know what? I must just tell you, you've really inspired my mom because. My mom actually was watching TV the other day and saw you on the TV. I think it was on ENCA or something. And she's like in her 60s and she turned to my dad and she said, you know, my dream was always to be in Toastmasters since I was in my 20s. And my dad was like, what? You never told any of us. You know, she's like, this is my dream. And she looked at the TV and you were there and she was like, wow. You know, that dream was almost resurrected in her again. So thank you for that. And who who knows, hopefully she'll join Toastmasters now, but this is her secret dream. And you've inspired that. (laughs) Yeah, you're never too late. And like you said, it's learning also to find your voice, you know, in and through Toastmasters. So. Verity, thank you so much. Thank you for, you know, representing South Africa so well. But thank you also for showing up to yourself and for yourself and delivering such incredible speeches that were really, really true to who you were and also just open, you know, sharing your stories. And it is so powerful. I'm so grateful for you. And I just really pray that God will just continue to bless you in all the beautiful things that you will do in the years that come and lie ahead and the rest of 2021. So thank you so much. Much Verity. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. It's been so great to be with you all here on Voice of Change today. I absolutely feel very, very inspired. My heart has been truly, truly touched. You know, there's so many things that have been shared this year among people. And one of the things that I recently heard someone say is that they felt that there was a great awakening that took place this year. A great awakening in individual lives. Though we've been isolated from one another, you know, we couldn't have the fellowship where we wanted and we couldn't be with our families when we wanted. We couldn't be in our places of worship where we really wanted to be and that's been hard you know there has been this place of people waking up to who they were really created to be their identity in Christ and also coming into themselves and I think that that is what is reflected when Shudu shared with us you know when she shared with us about hiding her face hiding her voice playing small and even dumbing down your purpose dumbing down what God has called you to be and who he's called you to be that is something that we do because of things that we go through And I feel so many people that I know and that I've heard have just been sharing how they've been faced with themselves this year. And because we've had all these COVID realities, we've had to look at ourselves. We've had to go into ourselves. And oftentimes when we've taken that powerful, courageous journey to really discover who we are and to show up. And even as Shudu said, to even if we fail, we fail forward. We learn from it. We grow from it. We can become truly whole people who are just inspired to continue to create the change that we want to see in this world. And I love and I really want to end off today's show with reflecting on something that 
you know, I'm a South Africa said, and she said that, you know, as, as I hand over my crown to the next queen, I'm okay with it because I know I fulfilled my purpose. And I think that as I reflect on Heritage Day and heritage, you know, it's also not just about, you know, Heritage Day as for us as a nation, which it very much is, but it really is also about legacy. It's about what we leave behind. What's the heritage we want to leave behind for the generations after us? And it's something that we talk about often. We talk about what do we want to achieve in life and what do we want to leave behind. A lot of people think, you know, leave behind a lot of wealth or leave behind things for our children that are physical. But when we reflect on what we want to leave behind for the generations after us, it's not really always about what we leave behind for them, but what we leave behind within them. What we are doing today for people around us, but also who we are really choosing to be. Always showing up for ourselves today. Because, you know, we look at people like Verity, who has just such a, a passion and a power in her voice. Just such a beautiful human being who just shows up and has done so much hard work and has gone through hard times as well. But showed up and said, you know what, I'm giving it my all. And she was open and was also sharing her stories throughout her talks to win the World Champs. And then we look at someone like Shudu who entered Miss South Africa just two days before the time, not even believing, you know, fully in herself and still in that place of hiding. But how these amazing acts of courage change their lives and will change their lives forever. So I pray today, my prayer for you is as we reflect on heritage and legacy, that you will truly show up to who you are, who God has created you to be. And also that you will show up for yourself and to yourself. So that you too can leave behind a heritage, not only for your physical children, but also for other people's children, for our spiritual children and for our spiritual generations that will come. Let's leave behind a heritage and something that's worth leaving behind for our generations. I hope that you've enjoyed Voice of Change today. It's been a phenomenal time in studio. I'm super blessed. May God richly bless you. Enjoy Heritage Day. Enjoy Heritage Weekend. And you know what? I'll see you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.